This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey everyone, past week there's been a wave of Dune news and we're excited to dive into all the latest on the movies, uh, games, and comics. This is Marcus and I'm here with all of the Dune Talk regulars. Hey, this is Garen, a Dune companion. Uh, just really excited to be back talking about the, the latest Dune news. Uh, sometimes I feel like there's not enough news coming at me, but today we're going to dive into some of it. So looking forward to it. Yeah, I feel similarly. Uh, I know, I think there was Brian Herbert tweeted maybe a couple of weeks ago at this point. Uh, but he said there's a lot of stuff rumbling, some exciting stuff to look forward to. And I'm sure we've heard a little bit about some of that uh, since then, but I'm sure there's some more on the horizon too. But right now, um, yeah, good amount to talk about and lots to dig in. I'm in here uh, at the time of recording, still no news on the casting for part two. Like I said, time of recording, nothing yet, but we'll have news to cover. Yeah, I'm sure that that's part of it, but there's there's a lot going on and, and we'll see. It's, it's, of course, not not only the movies, uh, but uh, I think behind the scenes, they're, uh, they're working on a lot, of, uh, a lot of licensing and all that stuff. Okay, let's start with movie news. Dune movie news. Dune has done it. On February 14, just under five months since its international premieres, the movie crossed the $400 million mark at the worldwide box office. I mean, that's a great achievement. Uh, Dune ends its run as 2021's eighth best performing English language film overall. And that's literally just neck and neck with Eternals. I think literally like just one or $2 million apart. And if you exclude the domestic box office, it's actually the fifth highest uh, grossing English language uh, movie overseas of 2021. So. Yeah, really impressive numbers. Um, so, Johnny, just how important is this milestone for Dune? Yeah, I it's it's a it's a pretty significant deal just because 400 million. I think that was a number that stood out in a lot of people's minds. And I know shortly before the domestic release, there was that quote floating around from the uh, someone at Warner Brothers essentially, and there was an article. I think it was through Variety um, that was mentioning 300 million worldwide was kind of like their would be their point where they were like, okay, that's a good, that's a solid amount right there. And that they would be happy with that, uh, all parties involved. And so to get to 400 million, um, that's a significant jump ahead of that 300 figure. So there's, I mean, you can't knock anything that Dune did financially. I mean, pretty much did every everything it was supposed to, um, including 100 million at the domestic box office. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, kind of pretty high up there in the rankings, uh, whether it's just worldwide or international, um, there are some pretty big, significant movies last year for Marvel movies. Um, you know, Fast and the Furious, um, Quiet Place, uh, DC movie. Uh, so there is plenty to kind of compare it to and, and uh, you know, compete with. And so to have it up towards the top is, is, is significant. And it bodes well for the future of the franchise. And it bodes well for part two, which I know we're all really excited about. And, uh, and that's, Hey, we didn't even mention how that you know included the HBO Max deal, which I'm no doubt cut at least so, somewhat into the domestic um, total. So, getting more people to see it, and award season has been heating up, and the Dune has been kind of resurging in the headlines because of that. So, getting some more attention on it, and then those re-releases as well through IMAX. And I even I went and saw it again. I, I tweeted about this when I did a couple of weeks ago, but I went and saw it uh, for the sixth and final time in theaters, and. Uh, it was really great. It was super fun. Um, it's just like, it's a whole different magic when you're watching it on the big screen, I think, and that the sound and 
and I was glad because I was not by myself. There was a, a handful of other people in the th in the small theater that I was in. So I think it's really really just being able to say there's you can't say Dune didn't do everything that it really had to do or that should have done. I think if it had hit like three ninety eight and just like <laughs> pewtered out, I think we would have been kind of like disappointed, like ah. Oh. Uh, but uh, to see it at the yeah four hundred, that's that's really exciting and again just makes me hopeful about the the future of not only part two but even beyond potentially. You know, what's interesting is, so working at Best Buy customer service, I see what people buy and a lot, a lot of people are buying Dune, especially the 4K. I don't know if they've listened to our show and how we raved about the home release, but honestly, it's been a lot of people buying it. And I always go, oh, do you know about it? Do you know what it is? And it's 50-50, but a lot of Oscar buzz. And they're like, I read somewhere it was nominated for 10 Oscars. And I was like, well, it should have been 11, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Not, never going to let that one down. Um, but people are interested. And then when I see my regulars, I keep coming back and they're like, oh my God, I really loved it. But when does part two come out? Do you know anything about that? And that's when it's like, yep, it's coming. It's like Johnny says, it's only the beginning. So I'm curious, you know, it's been out in uh, the US for a couple of months now in home release. I wonder how those sales are doing, even digital. Um, I think word of mouth is really helping this movie with the Oscar buzz and also people that saw it that were like, Oh, you didn't get a chance to see Dune. You should have seen it when it was in the theater. I think it's having a second life. And I, I love that news right now that it's doing so well. You know, I, I couldn't be more excited that it crossed that 400 million mark. I, I, I worried that it would be sort of a, a bit of a curse that it would, it would stop before getting there. <clears throat> so I'm relieved about that. I had an interesting uh, experience last weekend. I, I went down uh, to the southern part of the state to see my mom and and her husband. Uh, he went and saw it in the theater. Uh, he he saw the '84 version and he actually loved the '84 version. And so when he saw Villeneuve's version, he actually didn't like it the first time. And I and he you know he he knows that I'm really into it and I understand the story in the movie. And then when I went back down this weekend for uh, for President's Day, he said, hey, why don't you bring that 4K version of Dune? And he really loved it the second time. So I, I think for some people that may not be familiar with the with the genre or or the universe, there, there could be a little sticker on the, you know, on the on the DVD to say, watch this a second time, because that second time for someone that's not familiar, it's a really great experience. So I'd like to believe that this film really has another set of legs. And, you know, Johnny, you would, you would know better than me, but the fact that with all the Oscar buzz, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of news related to, to the filming of the, the upcoming uh, part two this summer, that will only increase. I, I really think, Simon, you're right. There's gonna be a continued uh, interest in this film because you wanna understand the foundation going into part two. So. Anyway, I, I just, I, I'm super excited. I, when I look at the list uh, of worldwide box office, you know, numbers for 2021, I mean, Dune is right up there with Godzilla versus Kong, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, obviously Spider-Man's, you know, astronomically <laughs> higher in terms of its total uh, numbers, but it's just exciting to see it playing with those big league uh, players. You know, going to... Uh, an international thing. My brother, who I've always looked up to, that's 14 years older than me, got me into Philip K. Dick, so the Blade Runner stuff, like really awesome sci-fi, and was never a big Dune guy. Big Denis guy, so he went to go see it because of Denis, and I think also Pink Floyd being, you know, in the trailer originally. Um, 
now is obsessed with Dune. Like I was talking to him the other day and he's like, oh, the kids, like his kids, right? Got him this really nice book. He's like, you can't have it because it's only available in France. But explaining like the philosophy, the politics of Dune. So it got him excited to go and get some, well, you know, my niece and nephew guy for him. But still, he's reading it. He's interested in it. Like he wants to know more. And I think word of mouth is the key until part two. Yeah, and last thing I'll say, speaking of the part one and the box office total and being available in theaters, I'd be very surprised if we don't all get the chance to see it again next year in theaters because <laughs> I think that makes just way too much sense. Um, with part two coming out, I think there'll be at least some sort of like one week or at least you know limited run where lead, leading up to part two in October, we'll get a chance to, to see it again. And I definitely will be there. <laughs> I think you're, um, I think you're yeah. right, Johnny. I think you're right, Johnny, because the thing that has really stood out to me, and, and I, I realize uh, if someone is a huge Marvel fan, for them to be able to go back and see that, that MCU film in the theater on, on the IMAX, sure, that, that's an exciting experience. We want to do that. But one of the characteristics, one of the standout hallmarks of this film is seeing it on a big screen, seeing it. We've talked about this on the show. So I think you're right, Johnny. Why would you not allow us to all go see this right before part two comes out? I think it'd be genius. I'd go. It's just great marketing. Just like, hey, come back to Arrakis before it gets real. <laughs> I'm sure some places will be running a nice double feature when the yeah, part two comes sure. out. You can see them both well, I'd be down they did that. that with the Avengers movies, I remember at one point. Even the Star Wars movies, the sequels, I remember before the last, um, not the last Skywalker, um, the Rise of Skywalker. See, that's how much I blocked that movie out of my head. But I remember AMC was doing like all the sequel trilogy, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and then The Rise of Skywalker, kind of like, hey, spend the day in this universe that you love so much yeah, and also in the in europe when, when i lived there i know that that's pretty common practice to do those those marathons when like the second or third movie in a, in a series is released so i'm i have no doubt that they're going to make make use of that for for dune so i guess eventually this uh this 400 million number it will get even higher but uh, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes so the next story that i want to touch on is um in uh, Empire's April issue, they published an interview with, with uh, Denis Villeneuve covering several interesting topics. The director confirmed that he's expecting to start shooting Dune Part 2 um, by latest the end of this summer. And he also went into his rationale for elements that weren't present or didn't make the cut in, the, in Dune Part 1. So there were a number of examples that they, they talked about in the inter interview, of course, like, for example, some characters that, that weren't there. Um, and one specific scene that they, they touched on, and that's one that uh, Rebecca Ferguson had posted on Instagram as one she loved, was the scene on Caldan where, uh, where Jessica trains, trains Paul in, in knife fighting, and we'll, we'll put up the picture for that. Um, and that's a skill that we saw her display um, later in the movie, uh, but it, that would have been nice to see. Uh, so Simon, um, when you hear about all these little uh, scenes that, that didn't make it into the movie, what, what are your thoughts? sadness because I want more no but I get it I mean you the movie's already long enough and it's the whole thing you want to turn around a fast movie more showings you know I remember when I was in film school it was the year right after Titanic and no one understood why Titanic became this highest grossing movie because the goal is you want a movie that people could go watch like um, you know 90 minutes uh, uh, an hour and a half which is funny because the other day I turn on Netflix and they're like movies under 90 minutes I'm like oh you get it, Netflix, you get it, that people want to be in and out, but have their entertainment. Um, 
like I've said always, more Dune would be better. I'm hoping somehow there's an extended cut, maybe after Dune Messiah, before part two, but I love knowing that they're shot, but I just want to see them. Like, I want to see how the movie would have felt with, you know, spoiler, Duncan arriving on Arrakis, because I feel like that would have been totally different. Is there even a Duncan intro explaining what Arrakis is? So I'm, I'm beyond happy with Denise cut, uh, with Joe Walker and everyone involved, but I would have also seen what else is out there as Dune fans. Like, I know recently we just found out there was another scene from the 85 movie that was cut. At least it's not crazy like that movie that was butchered in half, but I would love to see those scenes. And I'm hoping before Dune Messiah, we get them. You know, I'm hoping for an extended cut, Peter Jackson style. You know, my thoughts, my thoughts on this, um, obviously being a filmmaker, and, and I don't know this firsthand, I, I just doing a lot of reading and following a lot of directors. It really is, I'm sure, an excruciating exercise to decide what's going to stay in and what's going to stay out. I think the thing that makes a great director stand out from a mediocre director is someone who can make that decision, not be so um, subjective and tied into some of those scenes that you can't let them go. Because we've talked about this on the show before, but I'm so grateful the way Denis made this show um, approachable, enough information, but not overwhelming us with characters or names or background. Um, and so he, he threaded the needle just exactly right. But the thing I got kind of excited about is, is how he mentions, because I didn't, I didn't know that this was something that he had in mind, but he mentions this scene with Lady Jessica and Paul. He sort of hints like, well, maybe that will be in part two. So the director does have flexibility to be able to, to, to change, you know, be flexible with time and, and show flashbacks or flash forwards as we've seen in this film. So I don't know, I mean, maybe there's some stuff that, yeah, we think we've missed out on it because it, it, it hit the cutting floor in, in making part one, but what if some of these scenes are gonna be in part two? That, that's pretty cool, I'm excited. Especially with Paul's visions and how they work, like you said, Garen, it would be interesting if it's like, him maybe just training the Fremens and going back in his head. And even if it's like 10 seconds or something of seeing him getting trained by Jessica, I, on the Jessica deleted scene, I kind of love that it's not there because for new audience, new people that get introduced to Dune, you see Jessica this whole entire movie. And then when she does pull the knife, the crest knife out, you're like, whoa, she's amazing. She is a warrior, you know? So I think that scene might've, and this is maybe what Denise fought with Joe Walker. Like if we show it too early on, people are going to be, well, she's going to pull a knife out later. And we know what she's capable of. Mm. It's just timing. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point, Simon. Just that's what people don't think about when they talk about how badly they want to see deleted scenes, how badly they want to see extended cuts and everything is it's, it's not just, you can't just willy nilly throw a scene back in or 20 minutes of footage back in it. You're, every single editing choice and every, the way the scenes are arranged and, and, and cut together and, you know, the uh, transitions, like there's so much, especially with Villeneuve. I mean, I think we all know it at this point and Joe Walker, especially because he's a genius, but the intentionality that goes into those decisions and the way that the one leads into the next and what this means at this point versus later, et cetera. Um, that's why, yes, I mean, yeah, it, it, 
you know, that doing this here could change this intention here and what that means and how that affects the viewer. So again, I'm kind of pretty much still where like, if, you know, if we were to ever get something, I would only ever, honestly, <laughs> like, cause we know ultimately the studio is going to do what the studio is going to do probably. Right. Like they have the footage. It's not just going to disappear. It's sitting there somewhere for them to use at some point if they want to. Um, but hopefully at least for now, Villeneuve will retain full control and be able to decide what, what happens with that. Eventually someday, maybe he wouldn't, but honestly, you know, if, the, if they were, if they were to have some sort of extended cut, it would have for me, I don't even know if I would want to watch a version of an extended cut that wasn't by Villeneuve and like Joe Walker, for example, because it, then at that point, it's just, Oh, well then it's not really about the story from this like artist and this one cohesive thing. It's just, let's throw in whatever this is going to be and just, Oh, it's extra footage. Like, let's call it a day. Like, I don't know if that, that would be really that exciting to me. Um, so if anything, maybe I would like to see deleted scenes just fully out of context and you can just watch them independently of the movie and just have that knowledge, um, and that extra, you know, context. But for me, yeah, it's really just, I don't want something that's half baked. I, I would rather just see, and that's why I think it is exciting that he mentioned that he's like, oh, well, maybe we'll, we'll see it in part two. And it's not just exciting because, oh, we get to see something that we should have seen in part one. It's, oh, well, he might have a really interesting idea of how to relate that to the part one and how that story connects. And what does that mean for the character? And what does that mean for the scene? I feel like part two needs to be like five hours long. It needs to be super epic and long, honestly, because I feel like there's so much that they need to cover. And this is like, technically this, what we got part one is only one of three like books in the first book. So I'm like, how much longer is part two going to be? And how, how much detail are you going to bring into it? And, you know, that's something that Denis talked about more of the, not sorry, part, more of the Park park elements. Yeah. So it's like, how much are you going to put in and how long are you going to make this film? Yeah. Uh, that's the last thing I'll say about because you do raise another really good point, and that's that the runtime and like how how are you going to fit all this in? Um, my thinking potentially, I'm not saying this is going to happen because who knows, but and maybe Villeneuve wouldn't even be interested in doing it this way. Maybe he wants something that's much more kind of streamlined narratively and, and not so bloated. But I think given the success of part one and that hitting that 400 million mark, this is these are the things that they think about. Well, they're saying, well, if we if this made this much money with HBO Max with the pandemic um and being a, just a brand new glimpse into the world it's not a sequel following up on something really successful um maybe it'll give him a little bit more latitude and be willing to you know this movie was what two hours 35 minutes or something um maybe they'll be like hey go for 250 go for three hours like it's part two we already made our money for part one more people are going to see it we're already accounting for that let's just give you more freedom give you more more rope to use and uh maybe we will get a bigger more epic like runtime i mean look at it's warner brothers right they're helping produce and, and distribute it so look at what they're doing with the batman right now i mean matt reeves came in with a script and and uh a story that and uh, this like vision that was so like precise and so they trusted him they're like all right let's do it and that movie's almost three hours long like it's like five minutes shy of three hours long and that's batman a movie that probably costs just as much if not more than dune and of course batman one of the most popular characters of all time but uh, you know batman's gonna make probably like over a billion dollars dune doesn't need to make a billion dollars i don't think that's anyone's in anyone's mind that that's gonna happen 
Um, but I think there is some latitude there and, and a lot of potential. And again, it's all speculation, but there's, that's why there's those different things to think about. Um, I'm just really excited. Whatever happens, I'm just trying to, that's the one thing I was saying about everyone talking about casting. Everyone was buzzing about casting on, on Twitter the other day. And like, as, as fun as it is to like speculate, like that's what I really like about it. Because once the casting news comes out, as much as I'm looking forward to it, then that's it. Like it's, that's who's playing the character and there's nothing else to really, like you can talk about, oh, what's this scene gonna be like or this, but then that's it forever. Like there's no more imagining or anything. And I just like the right now where we have all these different possibilities, not just for the casting, but the story, the editing, the runtime, all those different things that you think about. People have a love hate casting um, then on the internet, especially on Twitter. I mean, whoever gets cast, someone will, you know, be like, well, that's not the right person. Like I remember when Robert Pattinson was cast as Batman, everyone's like, I don't want him. Well, sparkling Batman, blah, blah, blah. And now everyone's like, yeah, he is Batman. You know, uh, I do think it's funny that, or more interesting that uh, Denise's wife started following my girl, uh, Frances Pugh on Instagram, just saying. Could be tomorrow, could be a month away, two months away, we don't really know. And I did, did want to clarify about the, um, the length of material that, that they have to cover. Although like uh, Dune part one, there were obviously, you know, we know about some things that didn't make it in, in a movie, but in terms of the narrative, it did cover like all the way, uh, almost to the end of that second uh, book, you know, because it's the, the book consists of like three books within the book. And like literally like the point where this, this cuts off is like two chapters before the end of the first book. And the last book is the shortest one. Having said that, you know, there, there's the characters of, of fate. We haven't seen Irland, we haven't seen, seen the emperor. So that there are like so many elements that they can expand. So maybe not necessarily just in terms of the, the story, but in terms of like showing the rest of the, the, the universe, like uh, hope, hoping to see the, the capital world and like the politics there. So I think from that perspective that there's just so much opportunities and, and scope that they can explore. You know, you guys, I'm a, I'm a big Peter Jackson fan, but but Denis Villeneuve is not Peter Jackson. Denis does not take something and magnify it to create kind of a uh, an experience in itself of this magnification of an event or or a battle. And with Lord of the Rings, it absolutely worked. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, but Denis does it differently. He he focuses on the characters. He's you're you're having this emotional uh, sort of experience that's that's being magnified instead of the the action. Now I think he'll figure out how to do both in this film in part two, but you know I'm I'm glad that I've been able to to put my faith in 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 Denis as the director because you really can't put everything in there and even the scenes that I love so much from the book, even if those scenes aren't in there or it's not to the degree or to the intensity that I'm expecting it. I know that Denis is going to do this in a way that I'm going to care about these characters all the way to the very end. And that's what I'm excited about because he's created this beautiful world and it feels absolutely real, but it's these characters, the depth, the emotion, the, the drama, the, and what we're going to learn in part two, which all four of us know about in terms of the reveals is going to be so exciting. So anyway, I just, I know we're talking about runtime and, and we all want to see more, but I, I kind of I kind of like what you were saying, Johnny, that you know there there really is that that decision has to be made and Denis is gonna make the right decisions to to focus on the right things and not just include everything. And I actually I actually am looking forward to that. I 
I'm glad that he makes those types of creative decisions. Oh, I think this is episode 29 of this podcast, and I've been saying it for 28 episodes prior, and Denis, we trust. <laughs> and, and he's made that clear in, in this interview and, and other interviews that, that you know, he, he's not just making up everything on the, on the fly. He has had a vision from the beginning, of course, like he has flexibility to, you know, whether it's later on with the editing or looking at how, uh, how he's going to add certain, certain elements, uh, potentially uh, later on but like he has a clear vision of, of, of where he wants to take this and i think that's that's really important awesome let's move on to other news in the dune universe the Duneverse: books comics games collectibles and more our first of two stories dune spice wars so that's the the 4x real-time strategy game that's uh being created by uh, funcom and shiro games uh it got its first uh, gameplay trailer Garen, are you more or less excited about the game after seeing the actual footage? Uh, way more, way more. So I've been following this for quite a long time. And so, so just to do a little bit of background on me, uh, huge, um, a huge fan of the original uh, Dune game and Dune 2, which became even more popular. Uh, this is a long time ago, you guys. This is like, this is like late 90s, okay? So... Um, but it was it was really the very first uh, real-time strategy game, and it was really popular. Um, and then you have Age of Empires, which even became bigger. You know, Age of Empires just became this monolithic uh, RTS game. And I really enjoyed playing those games. We'd, we'd get big groups together and, and have LAN parties, and, and it was really a good experience. And I, I'm looking forward to doing that. But I really do like the design. I like the, I like the gameplay. I like the flow. Um, so... I'm really excited about this, you guys. I, I, even though it is my favorite, you know, book and movie and genre, I, I'm really excited with how they're creating not only the, the strategy elements of it, but that they're pulling in, you know, the storyline, the characters, and uh, and seeing that uh, video with the gameplay, I got a lot more excited about. It. I was a little concerned, you know, are, are they just trying to, to trying to shove this in under a tight time frame and and you know, match the excitement of the films and all that kind of thing. But it looks, according to the, to the video, uh, the, the game uh, footage, it looks like it's smooth and it's gonna be a good experience. So we'll see. Very much like Garen, I remember playing this game. Um, for the longest time, I thought this was the unofficial sequel to the first book, because I didn't know there were other books. And I remember like 1997, 98, around that time, I want to say, maybe even 99, uh, being obsessed with it and just being like, I like this game a lot. You know, like I've said in the past, I'm not a gamer. I'm, I'm happy with my PS4. I'm finally playing Cyberpunk. And I would love a Dune game kind of like that, where you can walk around in that environment. But I will definitely be picking this up. Um, hopefully it comes out on the Mac or the PS4. Like, I want them to re-release Dune 2000 on the PS uh, network because I will, I will definitely buy that game and go back and have fun. So not a big gamer, but I do enjoy my games, and this is something I do definitely want to pick up. I just wanted to say that, um, you know, having, having been kind of a fan of these RTS games over the years, um, I remember some of the subsequent Age of Empire uh, versions, that titles that came out, and... I, I will say this, and, and I am optimistic about this game, but I will say there is a, there are times when you see the, the screenshots, you see the gameplay, 
And sometimes these games are just missing that magic something that just keeps you in it and, and gets your adrenaline going and, and not only captivates your mind and your strategic thinking, but just your sheer kind of childhood wanting to have fun for a couple of hours, you know? So whether this game has that magic something that I'm referring to, I don't know. And I'm a little, you know, kind of waiting to make my, uh, my verdict uh, until I can actually play it. But I hope that, that these guys have done it right. I mean, I'd like to believe that, you know, Legendary and the, and the Herbert properties are going to at least make sure these are the, these are like the A-list uh, designers and, and, uh, and programmers and just to make sure this is a great experience. But from what it looks like, it's pretty promising. It sounds fun. <laughs> have you ever played an rts johnny i actually haven't i don't think oh okay yeah like that's the thing is with these types of games even if they i mean that's the thing because i love like we've talked about games before like i grew up with playstation one through five um and i love gaming i'm not into it as much as i used to be just because of being an adult and, and all that stuff and movies especially but um even if they were to do like you know like a third person like adventure game or something in the dune universe i'm one of those people where i don't play games so often i don't buy that many games or like play that many games to the point where i would get it just because it's dune you know what i mean like i would really want to have it from a, a promising developer would have to have interesting gameplay would have to look visually interesting um and so and even then you know do all those elements come together to actually work and that's so even in your situation with this new game, um, like, you know, even as an RTS, obviously very different gameplay wise and stylistically, but you still want to make sure all those elements like come together. So, um, and I'm sure gamers, I think more than anyone can tell you, no matter how good something looks, you never really know until it comes out and you play it. Um, just go ask the people that pre-ordered Cyberpunk. Um, so it's, uh, it's just, yeah, one of those situations where, um, for me, yeah, even though it's Dune and like I'm excited that they're developing more product, you know, I say products, but different, you know, they're getting into different types of media games, even board games. I got a new board game for Christmas, the new Dune board game. I'm actually really looking forward to I haven't played it yet, waiting for the right time, but I'm really looking forward to playing that, even though I'm not like, like it's like a strategy game essentially, but I'm not, I've never really gotten strategy, strategy games, but I'm still excited because I've heard good things about it. And I know it's like somewhat loosely based design wise on the movie and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But RTS, yeah, I don't know if mentally my brain can really get into that like type of game, at least at this point, maybe later down the line. Yeah, and for, for those of you who are familiar with, um, with recent strategy games, so Shiro Games have, have also developed the game uh, Northguard. Uh, so if you've played that, you might know uh, more of what to expect here. But of course, uh, yeah, so far there's, there's been some, um, some clear reveals in terms of what we can expect in terms of, you know, it's not only about like the combat, but there's going to be like the political uh, aspect, uh, diplomacy. So it looks like there's going to be um, yeah, quite, quite an immersive experience. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, checking out and, and it is going to be released uh, quite soon. So they've uh, mentioned that it's coming spring. So that's uh, just, just around the, the corner, whether it's going to be early or late spring, we'll see. And that's coming to early access on Steam. So, so far, that's the only platform where it's been announced. Uh, we don't know if, if they're going to expand to other platforms later. And uh, ho hopefully they, they, they do, because I, because not everybody does um, 
does have access to Steam on, on their devices, but uh, we'll, we'll see about, uh, about that. Our last story uh, for today, uh, Boom Studios. Uh, so they're, they're the, uh, the comic publisher that have been releasing uh, tons of, uh, of comics. Um, so Dune House Atreides and the other uh, one shots that, that came out last year. Uh, so they've announced their next release in their line of uh, Dune comic books. Uh, that's going to be Dune, uh, The Waters of Conley. And that's going to be a four issue uh, mini series that starts in May. And, and like um, um, Bl Blood of the, the Sardaukar and uh, Whisper of Cal and Seas, the, the one shots that came out last year, this is based on a, a short story that, that expands the, um, the lore that we know from, from the book and, and the movie. Uh, this specifically is going to cover the story of Gurney Halleck. What, what actually happens to him after the, the Battle of, of Arakeen? So if you haven't read, dead, read right? the book. Or is he not dead? Yeah. That's, that's the question. Yeah, so if you haven't read the, read the book, uh, th there may be spoilers in there for you, but uh, yeah. So, so Simon, what, what do you think about them uh, continuing to explore this, uh, this period of time with the comic books? So it's really interesting that the other day when this was announced, maybe a day before, I was like, oh, I wonder if Denis being Denis and loving Dune, and this is going into major spoilers if you haven't read the first book, um, was going to deal with Gurney doing his pirate, his pirate stuff, as I like to call it. I was wondering if we were going to get any scenes, you know, with Josh Brolin being Gurney pirate, and we might still. And I love that we're going to get a low. I think it's five issues or four. It's a mini series. I know that much, and I love that we're going to get this. And also, it's a great low tie-in. Like, hey, you just saw Dune. Here's what happens to another character. By the time you know this wraps up, if it is on schedule, so we got May, June, July, and August, trade will come out around Christmas, hardcover, you know, or maybe early next year. And it's kind of still like in people's mind. Hey, I just read this Gurney book. Dune 2 is coming out soon. You know, it's keeping the word Dune in, in people's minds. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I know it's based on a short story. I honestly don't remember who the creative team is that's you know doing the artwork and the writing for it but i love the blood of sadakar i'm i'm looking at an original page up there that i have and i love you know being the comic guy i love that we have dune comics i would love eventually and this might be you know forbidden for some people but kind of like paul of dune gets adapted into like a mini series comic wise and stuff like that. I feel like comics are a great gateway drug to get into movies and also for people that want to do more than just watch the movies. And more people will read a comic book than, you know, another book. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. And all the variant covers that's been published are, they're all gorgeous. So good stuff all around. So I, I'm not a big uh, comic guy. Uh, I was growing Which, up. Which that surprises me, honestly, Garen. I, no, I'm being serious. Like really? how much you, you love like all stuff nerdy that I know about you. Like I would be I, like, hmm, I can see Garen going into like a comic store every six months and buying a couple graphic novels. You know, I, that's not exactly me, but I will say this, Simon. Um, the Blood of Sardaukar to me, first of all, I, I really loved the artwork of, of that book, um, but the story, and I know these are based on Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson's uh, short stories, which I had not read before, but the quality of the storytelling, in fact, Blood of Sardaukar, 
I still, to this day, have those images in my mind and what happens in the storyline. So obviously it, it made an impression on me. So the fact that you know, this is how uh, the Herbert you know, properties are deciding to expand uh, the universe, um, I, I, I will read this because I, I really like to get deeper into the story. I know it's not canon. I know it wasn't written by Frank Herbert but I still like the expansion of the universe and, and kind of the nuances that it, that it gives me. And, and I do love the artwork. I, you know, I'm not an artist, but I really do appreciate, uh, you know, some of these artists and, and some of these, um, these, these uh, comic books that really are pretty amazing and, and pretty striking. So, so yeah, I, I'm not that uh, Simon, but I really have appreciated these. And, and this, is, this is a book that I, that I wanna read. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Just, I am actually pretty big. I'm actually. I'm looking at my uh, shelf over there, which is covered in comics, literally single issues right now. Um, so I used to be a, a good deal into them more than I am now, just because again, I'm getting old. I don't have the time that I used to. Um, but uh, yeah, I love comics. I think I mean they're an amazing medium. Again, with Dune, it's like I think it's, it is warmer for me about like the creative team necessary than just like the title or the brand. Um, I did get for Christmas. I got House of Trades, the first trade book. So I need to read that, hop on that. The art looks amazing. Um, and I'm excited to dig into that and potentially read the rest of those. <clears throat> this the thing about this, I think is most intriguing is definitely the premise, which is that, you know, Gurney and during that period, um, I think that that could offer some pretty cool uh, stories, especially like opportunities for like different scenes and the artwork that could come out of that, I think could be really awesome. So um, I definitely have to keep an eye on it. I'm going to focus on House of Trades for now and getting caught up with that and seeing what I think about that. But I would say, you know, potentially down the line, that would be another one that I would consider getting the trade for. You know, I told this to Marcus the other day, that whole entire scene when we see Paul and Gurney seeing each other for the first time in the 84 movie, when he's like, Gurney Halleck, Paul Trades, you know, like that scene right there is one of the things that inspired me to go to film school. So see, I don't hate the 84 movie. It actually <laughs> holds a special place in my heart. That scene right there, because it shows that friendship. And I feel for the people that will read this book, when we re-see Gurney, I feel it's a little extra layer on top of it. And we'll know what Gurney was up to. And, and there are two things that I really love about this. Like, first, first of all, is that um, these, these short stories in general, like when, when you compare uh, to the books, like, you know, how many times you, you go into a bookstore and like pick up a collection of short stories, right? It's, it just doesn't have the visibility that the novels have. And so I think that there are a lot of people who are, aren't aware that they, they exist or, you know, haven't had the opportunity to, to, uh, uh, to dig into them. And the comic format is just perfect for that, right? Because you, it's either like one big issue or these four issue miniseries and you get to tell a story and, and expand uh, onto them. And that second point is about just the expansion. I mean, I'm, I'm a really big into you know the, the idea of like expanded uh, universes because i think uh, when when it comes to like a story like like dune or whether it's uh, star wars uh, or, or or the lord of the rings you know once you've read the, the main story you know you're so immersed in that and you just want to like uh, stay longer with, with those characters learn more about the, those small details and i think it's just yes yeah, su such a a great experience for for fans to be able to like spend spend more more time in that uh, that universe. So yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, about this, and I do hope that uh, you know they're they're going to continue doing this, and not only with existing stories. I hope that we also get some original uh, content potentially tying into when they start the TV series or uh, in, into later movies. 
I completely agree with you, Marcus. Like, I, I love Star Wars. I know I bash it quite a bit on here. But back before Disney, when the expanded universe was the big deal, you know, everyone would be like, oh, I love the Star Wars movies. I'm like, well, here's the deal. The movies are just the ESPN's, you know, Sports Center highlights. If you really want the stories, go and go read the books. Like, for me, the new Jedi Order, those 22 books are the ultimate Star Wars experience, you know. But I love that. I love that it's going to expand the Dune lore. Awesome. So that's that's it for today. So that's uh, what's happening in the world of uh, Dune news. So let's go ahead and uh, sign off for today. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny Subject. Again, another great episode. Got to dig into some details, learn some stuff I probably didn't have any idea about before now. Uh, and uh, looking forward to the next episode already. Who knows what could happen between now and then? You never know. That's what's great about Dune right now is it's just kind of blowing up and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of different opportunities they're looking at. So very exciting. But yeah, Johnny Sobchak, go ahead, follow me on Twitter. Keep up with Dune, uh, all types of other good movie stuff, pop culture stuff. Batman, I'm super excited for it. So that's that's the big thing. So yeah, we're not, this isn't a Batman podcast, but uh, I'm sure we'll be t- talking about that a little bit. So uh, yeah, we're and also at this point, what's today's date? We're about a month away from the Oscars. So between now and then, next few weeks, next episode, definitely gonna be talking about some award news. I'm really excited to dig into that as the main uh, movie uh, Oscar season nerd here. So looking forward to that. And then of course the big the big show in about a month. I guess I'll piggyback off of Johnny uh, Simon here. You can follow me on Twitter, sdowdy, uh, Instagram also. Also, I just wanna say thank you to everyone that follows this. You know, give us that like, subscribe, that whole entire YouTube stuff, but it means a lot. Like when I see that, you know, the show's doing well and all the comments and the like, it's awesome. And if you like comics, I highly recommend Peacemaker on HBO Max for a crazy insane time, but don't let your kids watch it. It's so good. It is so good. It is. And there's a story arc. Trust me, people are saying John Cena. John Cena has impressed me in those eight episodes. Hey, this is Garen uh, at Dune Companion on Twitter. Uh, Just... I, I just want to echo kind of what Simon was saying that I, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, there's interaction and, and uh, we feel like we're not just the four of us here, but we, I feel like there are others like you with us. So I know that may sound uh, just a little strange, but I, I do feel like we're in a bigger community than just the four of us. So, so thank you for watching and, and, and your, your support. So. And, and just as uh, it was mentioned that there's a lot happening behind the scenes in terms of official uh, Dune content that, that's coming out. There's also a lot happening behind the scenes at uh, Dune News, Newsnet. So we're uh, definitely looking at more opportunities to do more in the community and uh, cover more of the, the news and do, do more on, uh, on YouTube and on the, on the podcast side. So uh, yeah, this was uh, Marcus and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, talk to everybody next time. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.